Come on and praise the Lord, somebody, this morning. Hallelujah. Is there anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Can we begin to stand to our feet? Welcome to our friends and family Sunday. We're here to praise and magnify the name of Jesus. Somebody look to your neighbor and just say, neighbor, it's good to see you this morning. Amen. We're here to worship and praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
bring your addictions and come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting. God so loved the world.
Hallelujah, everybody. Come on, let's praise the Lord for a minute. Let's give him glory for him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It is July 9th. It's the day after our family picnic. I thank each and every one of you for coming out. Yesterday we had a time. As I hear them say on TikTok, we had a time last night, but let's say it's yesterday. Right, Brother Guthrie? Amen. So I want to welcome everyone this morning to Christ Center Church, our AM service. Amen. I want to also welcome our online congregation. We cannot go without thanking you for tuning in to worship with us, to hear the preach word. So we thank you for taking your time this morning to join us. Um, Anyone have any prayer requests? We're going to go into prayer. If you will just signify by the lifting of your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel a strong, I don't know if it's impressed for healing. Hallelujah. So we're going to go into prayer. I don't want us to pray for one another. Just take one second to look around. And to see who's next to you. There may be somebody who is not here that you also need to pray for. But look around. Look at the hands that are raised. Pray for somebody. They need your prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Amen. Let's go into prayer. Father, your goodness is running after us. We thank you, almighty God, for your goodness. We thank you, great God, for your mercy. We thank you, O oh God, for your love, for your kindness, for being a matchless God, for being a merciful God, for being a saving God. Lord, we thank you for just being a great and wonderful Savior. We thank you, God, for the beautiful day that we had yesterday, God, for you held your hand on the weather, Lord Jesus, and for this we give you glory and honor for. Lord Jesus, you are awesome in this place. I feel your presence in this place today, God. And I want you to have your way, God. I want you to be the host in this place today, Almighty Savior. We want to follow your lead today, God. Lord Jesus, you're so worthy to be praised. You are high and lifted up. You are to be exalted above the heavens, God. We lift your name on high. You are great and matchless, Father. None can compare to you, Lord God. None, Almighty God, can even think about the possibilities of even coming close to you because you are God and God by yourself. Lord Jesus, this morning we come to you, Lord God, asking you, Lord God, to search our hearts this morning. Asking you, oh God, to just wash us with your hyssop this morning. Asking you, Almighty God, to wash us, oh God, from the crown of our heads to the sole of our feet to cleanse us from every sin, Almighty God, from every iniquity, oh God. 
God, from anything, oh God, that's just going to disturb and distract us today, Lord. Father, we want to focus on you today, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we have come into this house with your protection. We have come into this place by faith. We have come into this place, oh God, with an expectation. Almighty God, for your will to be done. Father, you said where the praises and the blessings go up, your glory will come down. And Lord God, we praise you this morning, Lord. Father, we honor you this morning, almighty Jesus. Father, we worship you, Lord God. I worship you, oh God, in the beauty of holiness this morning. I worship you, oh God, in truth this morning, God. I lift you up this morning, almighty God. Oh Jesus, you are excellent. God, you are mighty. You are powerful, Lord Jesus. Almighty God, I pray for every sick this morning, God. Father, sick, oh God, from the top of their heads to the sole of their feet. God, there is somebody in this place this morning, God, that barely made it in, oh God, because of the pain that they're feeling, oh God. I pray this morning, oh God, that you would touch their bodies today. God, I pray that you'll touch the mind. Let there be a renewing of a mind this morning, Lord Jesus. Almighty God, I pray. Glory to God for your will to be done in this place today, God. Lord Jesus, there's someone that didn't even make it because of the pain that they're feeling, Lord God. I pray your blessing will be upon those, oh God, who have pressed their way through, God, in spite of the pain. God, I pray that you'll anoint those, oh God, with healing. Oh, mighty God, for their press through today, Lord Jesus. God, I pray your hand to be upon them, Lord God. Touch their bodies today, Lord God. Eradicate anything, oh God, that's hindering God. I pray, almighty God, that their sickness that is beginning is getting ready to brew. We bind it, oh God, in the name of Jesus. God, your will, your power. You said whatever we need, oh God, we should ask it in your name. And God, we ask for healing this morning, Lord God. Lord God, we come to you, almighty God, for you to heal the bodies of your children this morning, God. I lay your children before you, oh God. Mighty God, that you will place healing upon them, Lord Jesus. God, I want them to leave here with a testimony, oh God, that they stepped into this place and they were healed by your hand. Father, have your way today, Lord. As the preach word come forth, oh Lord God, I pray your anointing on the man of God. I pray that you would use him as your oracle, Lord Jesus. Anoint his lips today, God, that they speak your word, almighty God. Lord Jesus, we will hear, God, that we will not sit on deaf ears today, God, but we will hear what thus saith the Lord. Use him, oh God, for your purpose today, God. Lord Jesus, I pray that we will hear your word, almighty God. You said your word won't go out and come back void. Lord Jesus, let us not turn away from your word, but be open, almighty God, to receive you today, because you have so much in store for us. Father, we thank you. Father, we worship you. God, we honor you, Lord Jesus, and we bless your holy name. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When I cannot see When I can't take another step Lord, would you carry me When I've lost my fight Will you be my strength Will you set me a table In the presence of my enemies I shall not want 
Going through a storm. 
our hands in the presence of the Lord. He's more than enough. We serve a God that is greater than all things when our much is not enough. He supplies more and more and we just continue to love upon him. It's welcoming time to be in Christ-centered church. Come on, put your hands together to be here in God's presence. Welcome to Family and Friends Day. Can I see some smiling faces around here? <laughs> it is a awesome day to be a part of this congregation and what God is doing here. And this atmosphere, can we all can stand to our feet? I know some of you uh, may have come, but we want to fellowship at this time. Take some two minutes to just greet everyone, move out of your seat, just welcome them to our first time guests. If you don't know them or you have not know, introduced yourself to and introduced your name, continue to, to greet e each other and just take the time to just fellowship saints to God at this moment. Hallelujah. He's more than Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. What an awesome presence of the Lord. As you return to your seats, put your hands together. And let's give God a praise in the house of God. Hallelujah. What an awesome presence in here. I thank God for his goodness towards us and his love. He is so good. He is so merciful. Can we shout a hallelujah in the house one more time? Hallelujah. 
Praise God. I know everyone is settling, getting back to their seats. But we want to say, as was re-uttered this morning, welcome to Christ Center Church, where Christ is our central focus. It is a beautiful day. It's Friends and Family Day, and we are excited to be a part of God's kingdom and bringing those who we love, those we've seen yesterday at our wonderful, wonderful picnic. It was a wonderful time. I'm feeling the effects of it personally, but God is so good. And I give God thanks. When you're having fun with the people of God, trust me, it doesn't matter how I feel. I love seeing your wonderful faces. And those who are here and those who were here present yesterday, if it's your first, second, or your third time, can we just stand and we can recognize you? We just want to embrace you. If it's your first, second, or third time, you can just indicate. All right. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, saints of God. Price in the church. These are our new family members. We're going to claim them in Jesus' name. And they are a part of us, and we love them. We thank you for taking the time to come here and to be a part of this wonderful church. I'm telling you, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be a part of this congregation because we are truly are, are really replicating what the Scripture says, that we continue to stay steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in breaking bread, and in fellowship. And I give God thanks for that. It is offering time, saints of God. Put your hands together for that. We give God thanks for those who are serving in their capacities, our ushers, and those who are wor- working in the media. And we got our, our media showing our ways of giving. It's time to give. I believe God's going to do something great this week, saints of God. I believe it. And it's through our giving we're going to establish that. And we're going to stand in this awesome presence. If we can stand right now. If you need an envelope, ushers are coming. A tithe envelope. We have our reach campaign. If you feel oppressed to give and reach, hey, we're still giving to the kingdom of God because God has to do some great things through us in this time. Let's stand and let's believe God. If everyone can stand, if you have the ability to stand, please stand. We're going to pray the prayer of that God will give us and that we won't give sparingly. We'll give bountifully because he loves the cheerful giver. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks. You have been so good to us. We give you thanks for your mercies. We thank you for what you have done already and what you're about to do in the lives of your people. I pray that they have come for so many different purposes. But God, in this part of our worship, I pray that they give within themselves, in their heart. I pray their heart be prepared. Oh God, what you're about to do in their lives. Giving with a, a, a spirit of willingness, a spirit of cheerfulness. That God, you will uh, get deposit what your word has said. If they shall seed, if they give seed to the sower, God, you are going to yet bless them. I pray that they fulfill the principles of what you have given. And I pray everyone that are not present, those who are watching, we give God thanks for them. They can also give a part of this worship service, and we thank them in Jesus' name. Let's all say in Jesus' name. Follow our ushers. They are in the front. They'll lead you from the front to your right, and of course our kiosk in the back. Those who are serving, we give God thanks for that station. We will have a musical selection, and you will listen, and we'll have our continual worship. God bless you all in Jesus' name.
can stand to our feet one more time. We're just going to worship and praise the Lord right before the man of God comes up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. to the Lamb and all who've gone before us and all who will believe sing the song of ages to the Lamb Your name is the highest Your name is the greatest Your name stands above them all all thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, your name stands above them all, and the angels cry
presence of the Lord that is in his house this morning. We're so thankful for God's goodness, for God's mercy. We've sang about everything this morning. All of it was just wonderful. All of it was just great. And I believe God wants to do something in this house today because his presence is here. And where his presence is, his power is. God's presence will show up and his power also is present to work miracles, to work signs and wonders and demonstration. Whatsoever you need this morning, you don't have to go outside of this place without it because God is certainly here and he will do exceeding. Whatever you think you need, God will do greater than that. Whatever you think God needs to do, he can do greater than that. And so you don't have to leave here today if you don't want to. The only way you don't receive what you desire from God is because you didn't want it. He's able. It is so wonderful 
to be in his house, to stand in his presence, and to be with his people. There is nothing like it. I say it oftentimes. We better learn how to love one another quickly. We better learn how to get along with one another expeditiously. Because we're all going to the same place if that's what we plan on doing. And we all can't be there if we all don't get along. So if you don't get along with somebody down here, either you're not going or they're not going. But we have to get along in order to be together in all eternity. Hmm. Hallelujah. Before I get into the word of God, there's just two quick things I want to mention to you. Today is our Friends and Family Sunday, and we welcome all of our friends and family, and we're thanking God for you. As this service concludes today, we want to continue what we started yesterday, and so we have uh, some refreshments and some food here for you. Hang out with us for a few minutes. We know in the Northeast, let me say it politically correct, in the Northeast, we're always on the go. You wonder why church work a little bit better in the Midwest and the South. They slow down. We don't slow down. And we're always on the go. What's the next thing? What we got to do, and that's what we do up here in the Northeast, and we take away from what we can really have from the Lord because we never slow down. This is why our annual picnic is so important. How many people were at the park yesterday were just looking around saying, I haven't been to the park in so long. I didn't know they were doing that at the park. You didn't know people can work out at the park. We're paying money at Planet Fitness, and you didn't know they had stuff at the park. You didn't have to pay no money for it and go work out. But we don't go to the park, so we don't know these things. And so it's wonderful that we can go to the park and just hang out and play games and fellowship and eat. And so we had a great time yesterday, and I thank God for everyone who participated and had a good time. I, I feel bad for those of you that are still limping a little bit. You'll be all right. Amen. Yeah, they're sore. Some of you sore a little bit. I feel bad for you, but you know, you know what it means. You just haven't done it in so long that your body was in shock. <laughs> your body said, what is this? Shocked that you were moving that much. But hang out with us just for a few minutes. I'm not asking you to give up your whole day, but when we're done, we have food next door for you. Matter of fact, folks are on the grill right now, so you won't have to wait. And they're getting it done for you. And as soon as we're done here, you can go next door and you can have some refreshment. You can eat some food and continue to enjoy the extension of yesterday. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. The other thing that I wanted to mention is uh, the North Central Jersey District, which is the district that we are a part of. Uh, We have an annual men's retreat, and there's a men's retreat coming up September 8th and September 9th. It's the evening of September 8th, or afternoon, if you will, from probably noon till, you know, late that night. And then we wake up that Saturday morning, and we go till about 12 noon, 1 o'clock, and then we're out of there. But I, I believe it's a wonderful opportunity for men to get together and worship the Lord together and have fun. So the men's retreat is not just... Worshiping the Lord, but we fellowship, we eat, we play games. Uh, The facility is very nice. The drive is about an hour and a half tops from here. And so we would like for you to get registered to be a part of our men's retreat. We need to register like yesterday because we haven't 
um, been talking enough about it because we had, as in this church, we've had so much going on. We've had a lot going on in this church. And I've been telling you all to take vacation. Haven't I been telling you that? God, take vacation. And vacation don't always mean money. You know, sometimes I say take vacation. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. We don't have any money for that. It don't always mean money. Figure out a way just to get away for a few days and do nothing. That's what it means. So take vacation for a little bit. Get away. Get refreshed. Get regrouped. Get renewed. Some of us, and they know who I'm talking about, they claim they take vacation, but they go to their country that they are from, and they go there to work and do fix houses and buy food and take care of their family. That's not a vacation. It's not a vacation when you go back to your country and do all of that stuff. So don't count that. Don't tell me you're taking vacation, but that's what you're doing. That's not vacation. Vacation is going to relax and do nothing. Wake up whenever you want, go to sleep whenever you want, do whatever you want, and just relax. That's vacation. You don't have to wake up any time. You don't have to run any errands. Just wake up whenever, go whenever, eat whenever you feel like. That's vacation. Take vacation. Amen. And so, those are my two announcements. I think I added three in there. But our men's retreat. Men sign up. Brother Tom, Brother Daryl, Brother Scarlett, and myself can help you with that. So if you need to figure out how to register, how to go, I forgot how much it is. I think it's $150 or somewhere around there. But come and see me. Brother Tom, Brother Daryl, or Brother Scarlett, we can help you with the men's retreat registration so you can be all secured and ready to go. Somebody say amen. 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 I have a word from the Lord this morning, and I want to share it with you. Oh, camp. Camp is uh, coming up July 20th, 21st, and 22nd. The interesting thing about camp, Brother Scarlett, The Thursday night, so we have camp Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's Thursday night will be at this location. Friday night will be in Prospect Park, New Jersey, which is up north above Patterson. And then Saturday will be in Tinton Falls at 5 p.m. The reason why it slipped me, Brother Scarlett, is because the Thursday night when it's going to be here, you don't have to promote that one. That night is... Uh, for the youth. Friday is for the family, and Saturday is for everyone that aspired to be a leader, or that is a leader, or a minister, or a pastor. And so that's uh, Saturday. And so it doesn't exclude any gender. Anybody can be a leader, aspiring to be a leader, or anybody can be a minister. You had an awesome preacher preach to you last week, and that preacher was a woman, so you know how we feel about that. But you can go next Saturday, well, not next Saturday, but the 22nd, um, and partake in the leadership uh, portion of it. But the Thursday night will be here, and I'm watching the young people get ready, and I'm just like, here they go. Young people are on fire for God. I don't know what young people you've been around, but I've been around some young people that they are determined to do what God wants them to do, and we have to be the conduit that helped them to get where they got to get to. And so I look forward to Thursday night, the 20th here, 7.30 we get going, Friday night in Prospect Park. 
uh, 7.30 we get going, and then Saturday in Tenton Falls, 5 p.m. we get going. So make plans for those things. Be busy for Jesus. Because a lot of our busyness, when we die, won't mean anything. When you're busy for Jesus, when you die, it will mean everything. Only what we do for Christ. So be busy for Jesus if you're going to be busy. Don't be busy just doing and doing and doing. And you know how this world is. This world chew you up and spit you out. When you can't supply what the world is asking you for, you become, you know, they just put you to the side and say, later for you, we're looking for the next thing. And if you can't help us to get to the next thing, we move on. That's the kind of world we're in. But I have a word from the Lord this morning. God is good. He gave me this word before we got all into the picnic stuff because he knew I would be doing a whole lot. So whenever he knows I'm going to be busy, he gives me the message for the time that I'm going to preach way ahead of time so I don't have to think about or worry about it. But here we are this morning. We're going to read Genesis chapter 6, verse number 5 through 8. Genesis Chapter 6, verse number 5 through 8. Here is the first thing I want you to think about as we get into the Word of God this morning. What do you think church exists for? Why do we come to church? Obviously, there's something deep inside of us that says it's right. In this church, I try to give you the whys and the who. The whys and the who. I want you to know why you should do things. So nobody can talk you out of it when you start to do it. Because you know the why. And then I want you to know the who so you will really know who it's about. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the singers. Not about the musicians. It's about Jesus. And so when you know the why... And the who, it really helps you to do what God called you to do and for you to experience what God wants you to experience. I welcome all of our first, second, and third time guests. I welcome all of our families and friends. It's good to have you in here in the house of the Lord with us. And those of you that have joined us uh, via live stream, our online congregation, thank you. And those that are chiming in, Today, that are not regulars, welcome. And for those who will view this service later down the road, welcome. I have a special guest this morning. This is my guest. I don't know who you invited to church this morning, but here's who I invited to church this morning. Stand up. This is my guest. Lift your hands. Y'all know who that is? That is Faithy Waithy. She is my guest. I invited her to church and she says, I'm coming. Faithy, I told him I talked about you. I talked about you a couple weeks ago. Because Faithy is one of those people. She was raised in church. And she would say, I'm not doing right right now like I'm supposed to do, but I won't be no hypocrite. And she will tell the folks that are playing the game, you better stop playing. And so I respect that about her, that she don't bash the church because she isn't where she want to be and, and what God called her to be. She's not bashing anybody. She just knows she's working on getting to where she got to get to. I love Faithy. And me and Faithy have got great history. 
Faithy always told a story. She went to Nottingham High School, and Faithy was a little bit of a work. She was a work in progress, always been a work in progress. That's what her mom named her Faith. Can you imagine? Her mom named her Faith because she was always a work in progress. And so she was a work in progress at Nottingham High School, and my children went there too. So I was accustomed to going to Nottingham High School quite, quite a bit. Richard was there, Nasir was there, and Faithy was there. And so I would go to school from time to time for my kids, and one day, Faithy just wasn't having a good day. And her mom says, hey, Brother Wayne, can you go and talk to the principal for me for Faithy, because I don't know what else to do. I said, I got it. So I'm on my way to Nottingham and Faithy in the principal's office. She saw me coming and Faithy broke down like, no, of all the people y'all going to send, why you sending Brother Wayne? She's been traumatized by that since that day. She tells the story all the time that she was just losing it when she saw me coming around the corner of all the people. So, Faithy, my baby, and I'm glad she's here this morning. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so now she was she was controlling the bus after she found out who he was. Man, we love us some Faithy. She is she has made history. Faithy, wait, you're in the house. Amen. Genesis chapter six, verse number five. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I made man. Now, when God said he repent, he wasn't repenting like us. When we repent, we turn from our wicked ways and turn to God and we say, Father, I repent of my sins. Forgive me of my sins where I've done wrong. That's what we do but when it says here that God repented, that he made man, it's saying that God was sorry. We let him down. Remember I told you some time back that one of the reasons why Jesus went to the cross was because he was responsible for sin. He didn't commit sin, but he created the people who did and so, because he created us and we decide to go live how we want and sin against God, as the good father that he is, he had to pay the price for his ridiculous children who are living in disobedience. And if you're a parent, you know when your children, when they were young, did anything, you paid the cost, not them. 
That's why I try to tell parents, I already start preaching, I didn't start preaching it. That's why I tell parents, don't let your children embarrass you when they become an adult. Don't be embarrassed for what your children become when they become an adult. That's their call. That's their responsibility. You cannot control them when they become adults. But when they ain't right, when they're underage, that's your fault. If you ain't lighting their butt up when they're underage, that's your fault. And whatever they are, we looking at you. She can't control her children. Because all we are being is like our God. He says, I got to go take care of business when y'all couldn't. But when y'all come to know me and y'all come to live for me, then now you got to be responsible on your own. (laughs) Help us, Holy Ghost. Verse number eight. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Jesus, your word is already established. It has gone out. It will continue to go out. And it will not return unto you void. It will accomplish whatsoever you set it out to accomplish. And this morning, I pray for every person that will hear this word, that their heart will be touched even before the word of God begin to move upon them. The seed that will bring about the tree and produce good fruit. I pray that the hearts of man will be receptive, ready to receive where man will become doers of your word. Will you move in this place miraculously and powerfully? Will you allow your angels to confirm the work that you're doing in the midst of this congregation? Lord, help us today that we will not walk out of this place the same way, but give us a real encounter, a real experience where we'll experience deliverance and salvation and restoration and correction and edification and empowerment from the spirit and the word have your way today let me be used as your oracle I humble myself before you Lord and I said do whatever you please in me and through me in Jesus name I pray amen you may be seated I want to talk to you today on this topic. Are you fitting in or standing out? Are you fitting in or standing out? One of Satan's most successful device he uses to corrupt and destroy us. Is compromise. Compromise is a device of Satan. He used that device very well to destroy us. If Satan can delude God's people into abandoning abandoning their privileged position or separation from worldliness, And communion with God so he can corrupt them and lead them into sin. He will. And that's what Satan is trying to do to get us who are believers of Jesus Christ, saints of the Most High God. He's trying to get us to compromise God's word, to compromise God's commandments. 
to compromise our relationship with God so he can destroy us. I'll help you out a little bit more. Satan plans or plan for defeating God's people in Noah's day was to entice the godly people to mix with the ungodly people. (laughs) God is not telling you you can't be around people that are ungodly. What he's saying is when you begin to do what the ungodly do, and then try to do what God say do, that's compromising. That's mixing God's business and God's holiness and God's righteousness with worldliness. That's compromising. I can be around the people I love that are not godly. I can be around the people I love that are not living for God, and I don't have to compromise. Mixing godliness and worldliness is compromise, and it is unacceptable to God. We like to break things down and say how much God understands. But I'm here to tell you, God only understands one thing. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's what God understands. If you love me, keep my commandments. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, when it says, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. It was in in essence saying God was sorry that he had made mankind because they did not want a relationship with him. It grieves God when we don't want a relationship with him. Mothers and fathers, can you imagine? Yes, you can. Some of you can. Can you imagine the very child that you bring into this world? Can you imagine that child doesn't want to have a relationship with you? You know that is something that is hurtful. You know that that's something that will just work on you and cause you to grieve because they don't want to have a relationship with you. Well, don't get mad at God when we don't want to have a relationship with him. It grieves God when we don't want to have a relationship with him. When we don't want to really have a relationship with God, it grieves him. And let me say this, having a relationship with God the way you want, that still grieves him. Because you don't know better than him. So for you and me to decide that we want to have a relationship with God, but this is the way we want to have a relationship with God, That grieves him too. Because your ways are not his ways. Your thoughts are not his thoughts. And so when God wants a relationship with us, he wants it his way because he's the all-knowing God and we are limited in what we know and we can only know what God allows us to know. So we can't have a relationship with God however we want. we got to have a relationship with God according to what he wants. In Romans chapter 1, verse number 21, the scripture says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, 
but became vain in their imagination and their foolish heart was darkened. When God revealed himself to us, And we neglect him. When God reveals himself to us and we reject him. When God reveals himself to us and we turn away from him. Guess what? Our heart will become darkened and our imagination will go wild with evil and corruption and all sort of things that God is not pleased with. In verse 22 it says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. I love just sitting back and watching these intelligent, smart people talk. Because I'm sitting there in my own little godly thinking saying, hmm, sounds good. But I know what the word of God says. Sounds good. But that don't have nothing to do with what God is saying. And so I sit back and just listen to the wise according to the wise. The wise, they, they speak. But the Bible says they become as fools and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. Some of us are people worshipers. We worship celebrities. We worship athletes. We worship movie stars. We worship people that's doing well. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, they got a, a seven-figure, you know, earning their paycheck. They, they had this career. They had this kind of house. And so we become people worshiper. And Facebook and all social media has not helped us because that helped us become more of people worshipers. People post something, and now all of a sudden, we're all trying to be like them. I thought I wrote in my, read in my Bible that says we need to be like Jesus. But so often people are trying to be like other people. They can't save you. They can't help you. God is the only one that can. Uh-huh. We treat man like they God. Uh-huh. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man. So it says corruptible man. Uh-huh. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Some of us, we didn't stop at man. Some of us started worshiping cows and goats and start worshiping animals and start saying they're deities. I'm here to tell you we should only worship the one and true and living God. There's only one God and his name is Jesus and that's who we're supposed to worship. That's our creator. That's the one who died for us. That's the one who's coming back for us. Not man, not beast, not anything else. Only Jesus is coming back for us. In verse 24 it says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own heart. You know what I like about this? Well, I don't know if I like it, but what's clear about this? It says, Wherefore God, somebody say God, also gave them up. To uncleanness. You mean God is going to make us unclean? God, through the lust of their own heart. Whatever you desire, that you keep on rejecting God and your desires, mm, help me Holy Ghost. If your desires is what's most important to you over the things of God, you better be careful. Sooner or later, God turns you over to your own desires and say, go. Do your thing. Do whatever you want. Go ahead. Do it. If that's what you want, go ahead and do it. I'm not going to stop you. Go ahead and do it. That's what this is saying. I say this all the time. 
It's okay to not be following God, but let it grieve you. You follow what I'm saying? Because ain't none of us perfect. So when we're not doing right, don't be comfortable with it and make it be your desire to not do right. When you're not doing right, give yourself a, a self-talk and say, self, you're not doing good. Self, you're not following God. Self, you're not obeying God. Self, you're unrighteous. Self, you're unholy. Self, you need to get right and follow Jesus. Talk to yourself that way. But don't allow yourself to enjoy evils and ungodliness and worldliness. Talk to yourself and say, self, you can't live this way. You can't live this way. Verse 25 says, who changed the truth of God into a lie. When you do that, you're falling after Satan. He did it first. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Who are you worshipping? Who are you following after? Who gets most of your time? Because we tend to think when we read the Bible, we want to think about idols. And we don't think that sometimes our jobs become our God. We, we forget sometimes to, 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 to not realize we are our own God because we do whatever we desire in our heart. Our God is not a robot. We know him as a personal living God, not a static principle who, while being transcendent, engages with his people. God is personable. God is not some God sitting on the throne and just ordering everything to be done. God is a personable God. He wants up-close relationship. Remember when Adam sinned against him and Adam realized that he had sinned, Adam went to hide himself. That's what the scripture says. And he went to hide himself and God came looking for him. Not that God didn't know where he was because God knows everything. God sees everything. But God was saying, Adam, where art thou? And what God was saying is, your position in me, you're no longer in. God is saying to many of us, where are you? Not because he doesn't know, but you have taken yourself out of his position with you. The position that you're supposed to be with God, you've walked away from it. You've neglected it. You've gone in your own way. And God is calling somebody's name to say, where are you? Get back in position. Our God is a personable God. He wants to be close to you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants you to talk to him and he wants to talk to you. God was sorry he made man when man rebelled and began living a sinful worldly life because God cannot have fellowship and intimate relationship with those who are worldly and living in sin. <laughs> Y'all get quiet. Because, because the tradition of our world, everybody have a relationship with God. Oh, I got my relationship with God. And that preacher can say whatever he wants, but I got my relationship with God. We love to say that. We love to say how our relationship with God is good. We love to say, can't nobody tell me, I know me and God is good. 
Okay. Let me give you some scriptures and you tell me if, how that works with you and God. James chapter 4, verse number 4 says, Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. How does that work? Okay, let me go on a little bit more. 1 John 2 and 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That didn't mess with you? Okay. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. And be not conformed to this world. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse number 4. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth. Oh, no, no, no. God is good. God is good. God is gracious. He ain't going to let me die in my sin. There's no way. God is merciful. God is gracious. I'm not going to die. I'll be fine. Where do you see that at? It's what you desire, but it's not in the book. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 8, Nay, ye do wrong and defraud and that your brethren. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. You can still do whatever you want. We can still do whatever we want and go to heaven. We can still be whatever we want to be and have a great relationship with God. We know Satan is doing his best to try to delude God's people into abandoning their privileged position or separation from the world and communion with God so he can corrupt us and lead us into sin. But hear me, church. But with all the effort Satan is putting forth to get God's people to mix with unbelievers and worldliness, the people of God can still stand strong and maintain their position in Christ. Somebody hear me this morning. Don't let anything remove you out of your position with God. Don't let anything get in your way of tarnishing your relationship with God. Stay where God has positioned you. You might not be where you need to be right now, but Don't you move from where you are, except you move toward God. Except you move toward God. Wherever you are right now, don't you move any move, except the move towards God. Don't move. Don't move. Move only toward God. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. Don't go backwards. Move toward Jesus. The Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. With all the perversion, with all the evils, 
with all the hate and rebellion against God, Noah still found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Don't tell me, preacher, you don't understand. It's hard to live for God. Preacher, you don't understand. It's a lot, man. Let me tell you. Living for God is hard when you're trying to hold on to stuff that's ungodly. Living for God is hard when you don't want to just go all in. Living for God is hard when you kind of decide when to go to church and when not to go to church. Living for God is hard when you decide when to pray and when not to pray. Living for God is hard when you decide when to read your Bible and when not to. Living for God is hard when you do those things. But if you would go all in, if you would just give God all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, I guarantee you it won't be as hard as you think. I guarantee you it won't be as hard as you think. God didn't give us some of him. He gave us all. And we are trying to cheat the system. But you can't cheat God. You might can cheat man. You might can outslick man. But you can't cheat God and you can't outslick God. You can't beat the system. We are trained. To try to always figure out a way to beat the system. As soon as they establish some new law, we start figuring out how we can get around it. It's our personality. Uh huh. Unfortunately, that's not how God created us. God created us not that way. And the devil introduced to us how to beat the system. And we've been trying to beat the system ever since then. That's why we have so many false religion, because we're trying to beat the system. Oh, you ain't got to do all that, trying to beat the system. Oh, that ain't necessary, trying to beat the system. How do you get saved? Oh, man, all I got to do is believe, trying to beat the system. You can't beat the system. The word is the word. That's why the word can say, my people perish. For lack of knowledge. So when you don't know the word of God, you will perish. Because you're trying to beat the system because you don't know the word of God and that won't work. Some of us are dreaming. We're dreaming, Sister Scarlett, that God one day will say, it's okay. I know you did your best. Come on into heaven. I'm telling you, y'all laughing. But a great majority of Christians are banking on that. They're banking on it. They're banking on God one day saying, it's okay. I know you did your best. I know the struggles out there. I know that, you know, most of your family was criticizing you and giving you a hard time. I I know the struggles. It's okay. Come on in. You think you're the only one that's going through the struggle? You think you're the only one that, that has, God might as well tell everybody, come on in. But that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. God's answer. <laughs> this is good. God's answer 
to all the evils and wickedness in the world is judgment. Watch this. We don't even know what we're saying. For all the people that says this, God, if you real God, why are you letting all this happen? God, if you God, how can you let children be taken advantage this way? If you God, how can you let, you know, people kill people? If you God, how can you allow this? Can I just tell you what the Lord is saying? Don't you worry. Judgment is coming. Don't you worry. Judgment is coming. I am going to judge one day. All the mess that's going on, all the stuff that y'all telling me about, that I know about, judgment is coming. It's not coming when you want it. It will not arrive when you want it. But judgment is coming because God will not continue to let sin and perversion and unrighteousness continue to be rampant. Judgment is coming. It's coming. It's just not coming on your timetable. But it's coming. And that's God's answer unto the world for how we're living. It has to come because he did it before. He'll do it again. Did you realize when Noah found grace in the eyes of God, what was going on? Do you realize that the flood was judgment? That he was not going to let the people back then continue to live the way they were living. So he brought a flood to destroy everybody that wasn't living right. The Bible says God change not. He's not going to in 2023 decide, "Eh, let me change up. Man's wickedness. Was great. Every imagination of his thoughts was only evil continually. So it was no surprise that God chose to send judgment. If judgment doesn't come, man will continue in their evil ways. Judgment has to come. And it's not the judgment of man. It's the judgment of God. Forget the people that's trying to uh, intimidate you. Forget the people that's trying to uh, 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 put fear in your heart. Forget about them. They don't have have nothing to do with you. You have to be fearful of God. That's the one who really judges. Uh Uh-huh. While the majority was rebelling against God, living however they please, fitting to fitting into society. Noah was standing out in society. Noah was not trying to fit in because he was too busy standing out. Are you fitting in? Or are you standing out? Will you continue to try to fit in to our society? The behavior of our society? Or will you stand out for Christ? That's what I'm preaching about this morning. Are you fitting in or are you standing out? We are sometimes quick to worry about we can't do it. But I'm here to tell you, the Lord Jesus expects for us to be righteous in this unrighteous world. Noah proved it. He proved it can be done. He stood out. 
for the Lord Jesus while majority were fitting in and in the norm of society. Noah was standing out. You can stand out while it's a mess out there. You can stand out while everybody is trying to live according to societal standards. I don't know what the population was during Noah's time. Millions. Some studies says it could have been a couple billion. Whatever it was, only eight people was saved back in that time. Eight. Don't let the devil deceive you and make you think if the majority is not doing it, then I'm okay. The world is so anti-God. The world tells you we're all supposed to be doing this. The world is trying to get us all to follow what the world is saying. And we have succumbed to that, that ideology, that thought of, well, who's doing it? Oh, that's who's doing it? Let me do it too then. Young people, hear me. Stop telling your parents about who is doing it. If your parents say, we're not doing that, stop telling your parents, but so-and-so is doing it, or they are doing it, or they are doing it. No, the majority is heading in the wrong direction. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. Where the majority is going is not where God's people are going. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He did. In other words, Noah acquired God's favor, acceptance, and regard. Hear me. All of us here today will experience God's grace. However, what we do or not do with the grace of God, is significant. So let me slow it down here because I'm getting ready to close in a little bit. All of us, not just us in here, all mankind will have or will experience the grace of God. It's no big thing to walk around and say, God's grace, God's favor, no big thing. Because we all will experience it. But here is the trick. What you do or not do when you're experiencing the grace of God is everything. When you experience or get to experience the grace of God, what are you doing with it? Watch this. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. Dot, dot, dot. But where sin abound... Grace did much more abound. Watch this. 21. That as sin had reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Watch this. Same Romans, now chapter 6, verse number 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God! Forbid! 
So we have this ideology that when we experience the grace of God, we can do whatever we want. You have to stop now today and say, God's favor in my life, what does that mean? What does God's favor mean? Can I do whatever I want? Or do I look to obey God? That's the goodness of God that we talk about. That we can live any kind of way we want, do all kind of stuff that's ungodly, but God still shows up and show us grace. And so we thought that because we did so wrong and we did so much ungodliness and God showed up, we think that means we're okay. God's favor don't mean you're okay. God's favor just means God is good. That's what his favor means, that we can be the worst of the worst, but his favor still show up. I've gone into the workhouse and taught people there that have four, I told you, four homicides. They have killed at least four people, and I've ministered to them. Why would God allow somebody that has killed four people to experience his grace? Because God is just that good. We underestimate his goodness. He is that good. But don't mistake his goodness for weakness. He is showing you goodness so you can follow him. He's showing you goodness so you can live for him. He's showing you goodness so you can be saved, not so you can keep living foul and ungodly and unrighteous. That's not why he's showing you goodness. He's showing you goodness. So you can follow him. And so, how does one, watch this, I'm I'm finishing up here. How does one find favor with God? I just told you God's favor will show up to all of us. But I'm going to take you a little bit deeper into that. How does one find favor with God? Verse 9 in Genesis chapter 6 tells us, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. Watch it. Here comes the key. And Noah walked with God. And Noah walked with God. Watch this. When you walk with God, you will acquire the favor of God without expiration. So all of us will receive the grace of God, the favor of God, because that's the same thing. The favor of God, the grace of God will appear unto all of us, but it has an expiration on it. Grace has an expiration if you don't walk with God. And so when, when, when grace shows up and you decide, oh, God must not be that mad at me because I just did some crazy stuff and here he is showing up. God must not be mad. God must be okay. God must not see me in a, and, and the preacher preaching all that stuff and God touched me this morning and God spoke to me this morning. 
God's grace going to come to anybody. God can speak to you when you wake up in the morning. God can touch you and wake you up. God can lead you in the house of God. God can protect you from all these things. But that's all God's grace. But his grace will expire if you don't walk with him when the grace shows up. He's showing up to you so you will walk with him. He's showing up to you so you can live for him. He's showing up to you so you can get in the house of God. He's showing up to you so you can be saved. That's why he's showing up. So don't get it twisted that because you were doing so wrong and you heard from God, we don't know what we're talking about because you got a great relationship with God. No, God is good. That's what we mean when we say God is good. God will come and talk to you and touch you and lead you even when you don't deserve it. But that has an expiration date. It won't always happen. It won't always be that way. And so we can expire before you know it. The way how you prevent God's favor from expiring is by walking with God. When you walk with God, you have consciousness of, of, of his presence and his word. When you walk with God, you get to share in God's thoughts. When you walk with God, you live habitually depending on his influence. When you walk with God, you experience intimacy with him. You experience joy and peace and safety. When you walk with God, you will stand out and not fit in. When you walk with God, you will be saved. Amos, chapter 3, verse number 3, it says this. Can two walk together except they agree? (laughs) Can two walk together except they agree? That's the word of God. In 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. And what communion had light with darkness? All of God's grace is trying to get us to go into relationship with him. Real, true relationship. To have fellowship with him. To have communion with him. To walk with him. Watch this. Enoch walked with God. In Genesis chapter 5 verse 24, it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. In Genesis 17 and 1, Abraham walked with God. And when Abraham was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. David walked with God in 1 Kings 3 and 6. And Solomon said, Thou hast shown unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee. In truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee and thou hast kept him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as this day. 
Watch this. Zacharias and Elizabeth, they walked before God. In Luke chapter 1, verse number 5, there was in those days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah of the course of Abia, and his wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Watch this. And they both, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord. When we walk with God, we will have the favor of God. We will stand out with God and not fit in with society. So, I finish up here. By grace are we saved through faith. So if you, if you listen properly, you realize it's faith. That we're saved. It says by grace are we saved through faith. Faith is the thing that allows us to be saved. But grace must happen for faith to work. If God never revealed himself to us, we will never get to know God. So grace is God showing up. Grace is God giving us an opportunity to know him even when we don't deserve it. The only way people can be saved from God's wrath. Is through God's grace. By walking with God. But grace isn't a reward for good life. Like some think. I can just keep living the way I want. This is good life. God is good. It's God's response to faith. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. You've heard me told you that faith is not just believe. And a lot of times you all don't get this uh, uh, this understanding or meaning or description of what faith is. Most of you could not tell me what faith is. You're going to say believe. And that's still hard to articulate. How do I believe? Because you believe differently from me. We all going to believe differently. So I'm not here to mess up your, what we like to say, your theology about faith. But here is what I've always said once I learned it for myself. What I say faith is. Here's what faith is. Faith is your intimate knowledge of who God is. That he is almighty God manifest in the man Jesus Christ. When you understand that almighty God became a man, Jesus Christ, and laid down his life so we can have eternal life, you have just been exposed to faith. Because that's something that you know. It's not something that you're believing. We can believe a lie. We cannot know a lie. Jesus is truth. You can know him. You can't know the devil because he's a liar. So keep telling people to believe is not enough. Because they can believe the devil. Eve believed the devil. So if I tell you just believe, I don't help you good enough. 
But if I tell you that look in the book and know that Almighty God became man and that man is Jesus Christ who laid down his life for all mankind to be saved. If you see that in the book, now you have the knowledge of who God is. That is faith. When you have the knowledge of who God is, you have faith. And so when you have faith, it enables you to trust and obey God. The reason why a lot of us haven't trusted and obeyed God is because we say we believe. And our belief can be changed or manipulated or, or we can start believing something different than when we first started believing. And so you don't want to just believe. You want to know. Because if you know that almighty God became a man, first thing is that is impossible to explain no matter how much of a scholar you are. But when you know it because the word of God says it, it enables you now to believe everything that you read about God. Because you're saying if he did that, I believe everything else that he says. Listen. For most of us that are here, and I'm closing. God will show us things so we can know it, so we can believe him. This church, I feel bad for anyone that's a member of this church that is not trusting and obeying God like never before. He has showed us this. This is a miracle. And he has shown us this. So if you can't believe him, as we move forward, we already know he's God Almighty manifest in flesh. But if you can't believe in moving forward because he has shown us this, he took our little bit of money, our little bit of money, took our little bit of change and made it this. This is a miracle. We did not pay for this. He took our little bit of change. He told me what to tell you and all I did was obey him and here we are today. If you can't believe God now for everything else, Woe unto you with the scriptures like to say. Because you don't have no excuse now. You've heard it and you will continue to hear it. This church will be nine years old in October. Nine-year-old church don't have this. Nine-year-old church don't have this. Nine-year-old church are still trying to make their way. And we still trying to make our way because we need y'all to give. We need to understand tithing and all that stuff. And in spite of us still not understanding all that, God still was good to us. Don't forget that God is good no matter what. But that doesn't mean we can do whatever we want. Ephesians says, for by grace are we saved through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any one of us should boast. Can't nobody boast up in here. Ain't nobody think that they something. Jesus is everything. And whatever he makes us, that's what we gonna be. But nobody, can't nobody boast around here thinking we ain't anybody. This is why I don't want y'all going around telling God about your pastor. It ain't about your pastor. It's about Jesus. That's why he's our central focus in this church. We don't want to be known. We just want people to come and get saved and live for God. We don't have to be known. They don't have to know our names. Because salvation is a gift from God. Faith produces works of righteousness and obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Fitting in with society 
is faithless. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. When we fit in with society, we are faithless. But when we stand out in Christ, that requires faith. Stand out for Christ rather than fitting in with society. If you didn't hear anything else I say today, that's what I'm saying. Stand out with Christ. Forget about what people think about you. Let's stand. Forget about what people think about you. Forget what people are going to say about you. Just stand out for Christ. Listen. You're probably not going to get you're probably not going to get called what I got called when I was trying to stand out for Christ. When I decide to walk away from the world because Jesus was calling me and I wanted to answer him, when I decide to walk away from the world and enter into the kingdom of God by repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with tongues according to the Bible, when I decide to do that and walk away from the world, you know what all my friends used to say? You know what they said to me? They said, I got the package, Brother Tom. For some of you that are young, you don't know what the package was. When HIV came out, we didn't know what to describe it as. So we started saying, as soon as people start losing weight, we said, ooh, they might got, they have HIV. Look at them. Man, they getting ready to die. They slimming down. And so when I left the world and went into church, when I was in the world, I was drinking. And you know, alcohol have a lot of sugar. So alcohol will put weight on you. And so I was drinking. So when I left the world, I stopped drinking. So I started shrinking. So they really was convinced he going to the church because he getting ready to die. So he's trying to make sure he get his life right so he going to church. That's what they said about me. That never stopped me because I knew what was happening. I knew God was calling my name. I knew the grace of God had appeared to me. And I was not going to let the grace of God escape me and me not do something about it. If you're here today and God has spoken to your heart, the grace of God has come to you. If you've never given your life to God, why don't you come today and make up your mind to give your life to Christ and not let the grace of God escape you. Listen to me. We like, there are people in here today that needs to come and, it, and, and, and people, I just gave you the secret. Don't worry about what people are going to think about you. When God is calling you to salvation, when God is calling you, you need to come and not worry about what anybody else will say about you. Not worry about what anybody else will think. And stop making excuses on your own. You need to get out of your own way. If God is calling you, just come. And so if you have not been born again, and don't lie to yourself, if you have not repented of your sins and baptized in Jesus' name, not in the titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you should come and get rebaptized. Somebody probably need to get rebaptized. Somebody need to get baptized for the first time, but you need to come. Remember what I told you. Noah and his family were saved. Eight people. Everybody else died. Can I show you something? God was showing us even from back then. That baptism, water, was going to be the thing that saved us. All right, you missed it. Back then, they got in an ark, water came, and it was because of the ark being on the water why they were saved. 
Today, the water is the symbol of the blood of Jesus. When we are baptized in water, our sins get washed away. Who knows when judgment will come? Judgment is coming. What are you waiting for? Will you come today? If you've never been baptized, will you come? It won't take long. We've got baptism robes. We've got towels. You don't have to go home wet. You can go home dry. But your life will be different. You will experience the, the, the sin that's been weighing you down. It will be removed. And you will no longer be weighed down by the sins of this world that you have committed. God wants to save somebody today. Will you come? Will you come and let God save you today? Come on. I felt you. Come on. Here's one that want to get saved. She's not the only one. She's not the only one that's ready to be saved today. Who else in here wants to be saved? You heard the word. Tomorrow is not promised. If you've got an excuse, come and whisper it in my ears and I'll tell you what the answer is so you don't put off what God wants to do in your life. Jesus is coming. Judgment is coming. And we don't know when it will come, but we do know if we will do what God Grace has come. I know sometimes when you hear preaching like this, it can take you different ways. But the scripture tells us, and we know from just parenting, if you let your children do whatever they want and you never correct them, you don't love them. You let your children do whatever they want and you never correct them. You don't love them. Because you know if they keep going in that way, it's going to be a problem for them as they grow up. Don't get upset today because Jesus' grace just appeared to you. Correction is grace. Because, because when correction comes, it means grace has come. But if I let you just keep doing whatever you want, no grace. Father, let's lift your hands with me. We're going to pray now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Your word has gone forward. And Lord, the only way we're going to be saved is if we hear your word and receive it and obey it. I pray today that somebody else will come forward and give their life to you. For judgment is coming, Lord. The day of the Lord is coming, Lord. And Lord, we don't want to be, oh God, destroyed in the destruction that awaits this world. But we want to be like Noah and his family. We want to be saved. We want to be saved, Lord God. We want to be saved. And Lord, we will do whatever it takes to truly stand out by obeying you and not fit in with this world. I'm not here to fit in. I'm not here to please people. But I'm here to please God. I want to please God. I don't have to fit in with society. But I must stand out for Jesus Christ. Is there one in here today that wants to stand out for Jesus? Come on, open up your mouth and speak to God. You have heard enough word today that you have something to talk to God about. Talk to God about something, for you have heard his word. Now speak to God. Now make your petitions and your requests be known unto God. Let God have his way in your life today. Don't leave this place the same way, but let God touch you. Let God change you. He has spoken to you. Now let him deliver you. Let him save you. Let him heal you. Let him tell.
Hallelujah. Help us, oh God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Get her ready for baptism. Get her ready for baptism. Is there anyone else? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We want your will to be done. We want your kingdom come. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I will stand out for Jesus. I'm not going to fit into society. I'm not going to be what society says I need to be. But I will be what Jesus says I'm supposed to be. I will be what Jesus says that I am. Oh, somebody hear the word of God today. Claim God's victory. Claim God's will for your life today. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Till there is no Jesus. Oh, let all the distraction be gone. Let all the guilt be gone. But let God have his way. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands one more time with me. Father, have your way in this place. One more time before we walk out of this place. I know you have touched the hearts of your people. I know you have spoken to them. I know you have moved on them, Lord. Now, Lord Jesus, it's up to you. It's up to them. However it will unfold, we want your will to be done. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for your goodness today. We thank you for your mercy and your kindness today. There is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. Bless your people, Lord. Continue to let them experience your grace. Continue to let them experience your favor. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We heard the word today. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait for tomorrow. There's no promise of tomorrow. None of us has any guarantee of tomorrow. If you heard the word today, harden not your heart. Use this moment. Take this opportunity. You must be born again if you want to see or enter into the kingdom of God. You have this opportunity today. Take the opportunity today. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. At this time, we'll close out in prayer. But remember, we'll have a time of fellowship.
before we leave, we can go back into the auditorium there and we have a little time of fellowship. Amen. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Mighty God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for your word that you've given us today. Thank you for enlightening us, Almighty Father. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercies, because it's by your grace through faith that you are saved, and not of works, lest we should boast. All our boasting is in you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that your grace that brings salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Help us, Lord God, to continue to grow in the grace that you have afforded us. Help us continue to walk worthy of your calling. Help us to draw closer to you, Almighty God. Help us, Lord God, never to cast away our confidence that we have in you. For we have need of patience that after we have done the will of God, we might receive the promise. Lord, as we go from your house today, we ask that you guide and protect us, Almighty God. Watch over us. Almighty God, give your angels charge over our homes, Almighty Father. Every home that's represented here today, we ask, Lord, your blessings upon us. Guide and keep us, Lord, and help us to return another time to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that you alone are worthy to receive. And we thank you and we praise you. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the church say, Amen. Amen. You're dismissed, and remember, your time of fellowship on the side there. Amen.